Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BiteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Stephen Farmer, and we will be talking about his newest book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. Animals is the first book in an uncommon book series called Common Sentience, that shares the spiritual wisdom and true stories of the mystical experiences we are having in our everyday lives. We can explore how we can continue to feel their support, trust their keen perceptions, and appreciate the simple ways in which they appear just when we need guidance the most. Dr. Stephen Farmer is a licensed psychotherapist Soul healer and author of several best healing, uh, best selling uh, books and for healing books uh, and oracle cards, including Animal Spirit Guides, Earth Magic, Earth Magic Oracle Cards, and Children's Spirit Animal Cards. Dr. Farmer offers individual consultations, drawing from his wealth of training and experience as a psychotherapist, shamanic healer, and trauma recovery specialist. He serves on the board of the Society of Shamanic Practice. For more information, you can visit his website, which is drstephenfarmer.com. Hello, Robert. Yes, hello there, Durant. Got you there? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I had my, my earbud fell out, so I'm, I'm back with you now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a very common issue. I trust me. I've had one that happened many times. <laughs> I bet, so, yeah. So thanks, anyway. Sorry uh, to disrupt it. No, it's great. It's not a problem. I'm just happy to have you with me today, and, and I'm really anxious and, and excited to talk about today's topic. It's something that, um, you know, that is in my consciousness a lot. So, um, you know, this is going to be, it's going to be fun. And that hopefully we can inspire others out there too to um, kind of, you know, keep our animal friends in our consciousness more. So let's start with, um, you, you, there's several facets to Dr. Stephen Farmer. You're a licensed psychotherapist, a shamanic practice, practitioner, a teacher, and an author. So um, for listeners who may not have come across you, in the past, would you mind sharing with us kind of how those different roles all came to be you today? Yeah, you got about two hours. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep it short. But basically, yeah. um, I I've always known, you know, from a long time, even as an adolescent, that that would be my purpose as a healer and a teacher. So that has become clear over the years that that's my purpose. The way that it's manifested or expressed has shifted and changed, of course, from era to era, as I'm sure many of the listeners can identify with. So anyway, I was licensed uh, some time ago as a uh, psychotherapist. Um, I was teaching then. I was doing workshops, classes, etc. And a uh, very successful practice. Um, I really enjoyed it. I felt like, um, you know, very passionate about it. Uh, did a lot of training, uh, training in, uh, particularly tra- trauma recovery, uh, EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. I'm mouthful, but basically EMDR is using eye movements to sort of, um, go through the traumatic experience or the memory of it and then, uh, shift the perspective. Um, it's much more detailed than that, but they give you an idea. The other one, though, that was a mind blower was somatic experiencing with Peter Levine, three-year training in that. 
certified, et cetera, and uh, really put things really in perspective that trauma, the residuals of trauma, the adaptations we have to make, live in the body. So it's very body-oriented, not to the exclusion of emotions and uh, thoughts, et cetera, but uh, it really is a refer- reference back to the body. And there's uh, some complexity to that as well, but I, I really felt like my understanding of trauma became so clear after going through that training. And then, and then, <laughs> uh, a, a friend of mine gave me the book, The Way of the Shaman, as I began exploring these uh, kinds of things. I read it, and I went, okay, i got to go and at least get, you know, a couple of days under my belt introduction. So I did, and it was uh, fortunately with Michael Harner, who is now uh, uh, in the afterlife, and I walked out of there rough. I just go on, okay, I'm hungry for more. What else can I do? So I took about a lot of different kinds of trainings, uh, found some commonalities, which is Harner's specialty too. He came up with what he called core shamanism. Uh, commonalities cross-culturally uh, with maybe different types of expression, but, you know, enough to uh, see that there are parallels and there's... Um, there's consistency in certain aspects of shamanism throughout cultures. Uh, then, and then, um, I had published, Robert, I had published four books as a therapist, self-help type books, one of which I revised uh, 25-year edition. It was my first book, Adult Children and Abusive Parents. It was before trauma became somewhat of a household word, and it was about childhood trauma and some ways you could deal with it and recover from it. Uh, so that's been reissued. And then I didn't write anything for oh, several years. <clears throat> and then after I was introduced to shamanism, did some further training, uh, I began to write in that vein, Robert. But um, it was, it was uh, oh, philosophies and approaches to uh, that, that are from shamanism, but they weren't, they weren't necessarily mainstream at the time when I began writing. So I was taking topics and I was moving them closer to mainstream. Example, the first book in that genre was a book called Sacred Ceremony, How to, How to Create Ceremonies. And then I moved into the spirit animal domain, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I, the first one was power animals and then animal spirit guides, uh, oracle card decks, uh, messages from your animal spirit guide, power animal oracle cards, uh, uh, the uh, shaman's path cards, you know, just a few different publications like that, including a children's spirit animal card, which has done really quite well. Um, Which brings us to today. The book that um, we're talking about here is called Animals, Personal Encounters with Spirit Animals, or Tales of Personal Encounters with Spirit Animals. It's a very, very interesting book in many ways. Uh, I'm the featured author. I didn't write the whole book. And you'll see why. Uh, I wrote the front opening, introduction, what's a spirit animal, etc. And then I wrote the back section, uh, the closing, uh, and I contributed a couple of stories. But the genius of this book, it's part of uh, the publisher's series called Common Sentience. The genius of this book is that she, Ariel, solicited stories based on... Um, Spirit animal encounters, like it sounds. Plus, there's other books in the series uh, on other areas of what you could <laughs> you could call the mystical or metaphysical, ancestors, um, angels, etc. But I was called to and invited to write this and then uh, review the stories, etc. And I got to tell you, it's just I, it's a great book. I think my daughter and granddaughter they read. She's t- uh, my granddaughter's ten years old. And, they read a story each night for bedtime story. <laughs> that tells you something about it. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, a, a lengthy history that tracks me up to today. And uh, this book I'm particularly pleased with because uh, the people that send in the stories are great stories. You know, they're just really fascinating and I think inspiring at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And it's, yeah, I'm looking forward um, to, you know, talking about some of those uh, stories later in the show. Now, for people who 
may not have an introduction to the idea of spirit animals. Can, you know, for someone out there who not like kind of in our, our circle who know about that, would you mind kind of just explaining the, you know, the, the to some of them and why? Uh, sure. Yeah. The again, it's it's an aspect of shamanism, but you don't have to necessarily be interested in shamanism or shamanic work or shamanic practice, or maybe you've just introduced to it. It doesn't really matter. It, most people, no matter what their particular persuasion is, their their beliefs, etc., about spirituality or religion, most people can relate to this very easily because animals are around us all the time, whether it's physical animals or uh, the symbols of those animals. So uh, what I call spirit animals or interchange, interchangeably animal spirit guides is when an animal shows up to you in an unusual way or, I should say, and or repeatedly in a short space of time. There's something pretty big going on here. There's this collaborative process that takes place between you and spirit, great spirit. And because that's sort of abstract, we have a tendency as humans to sort of personify, if you will, uh, spirit. So you don't have to personify spirit with this. They're all around us. Animals are. So when an animal shows up in an unusual way or repeatedly, there's something pretty big going on. Not only are they an animal, let's say the hawk that flies overhead, uh, the dolphin that tracks you as you're walking along the beach, uh, the uh, uh, crickets that are chirping in the garage, uh, things like that. And they're unusual experiences. In other words, it's not common, especially around these parts where I live in Southern California, unless you're out in the, the canyons or something. But in the neighborhood I live in, you just don't see hawks very often. You see coyotes, you know, so they're not necessarily um, uncommon but they may show up in an uncommon way or repeatedly, like I say. So the something big that's happening is because there's this typically unconscious collaboration all the time with spirit. We breathe. We breathe in. We, let, you know, we release. We exhale. You know, everything is in motion at all times. If I'm in motion, I'm in motion when I'm sleeping and breathing, etc. So there's always this going on with spirit. And what Great Spirit does, the best way I could describe it, is they are sending you that animal, trying to get your attention, to provide you some guidance to help you get through your life path and be able to do it with uh, relative ease and grace. And they're a wonderful source of that kind of inspiration, that kind of guidance, that kind of teaching. So that's, in essence, what an animal spirit guide is. And, again, many examples in the book Animals, uh, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. And, uh, again and again, I, I've seen so many stories over time of this that there's without a doubt that there's something pretty big going on when an animal shows up that way. And, again, Robert, it's not just a physical animal. How many times do you see foxes in a suburban neighborhood? <laughs> Rarely, if at all. Yeah. But let's suppose you're walking mm -hmm. in the woods and a fox runs across your path, you know, just maybe five feet in front of you. Ah, there's a, that's unusual. Okay, we'll go with that. Again, the hawk, I walk along, let's say, uh, on my way to the park, and there's this hawk that's flying directly overhead. It follows me all the way. Or just two nights ago, <laughs> I stepped outside uh, after dark, and um, there's an owl <laughs> singing to me. I didn't see him. But I could tell, and this was an owl that uh, was here a few months ago, and he and I, oh, probably over several weeks, actually, we would sing to each other. I'd step out, I'd call him, and he'd call back most of the time uh, to the point where he would actually follow me when I'd walk my dogs to the park. So those are the kind of experiences we're, we're looking at. And at least being open to the idea that spirit is trying to reach you through the presence of that physical animal that then represents what we would call the, you could call uh, the collective consciousness of all of that particular species. And that's pretty big. You know, we as humans, we can relate to, oh, collective consciousness. Yeah. You know, we have that. Carl Jung talked about that. 
called it the collective unconscious, but it's also the collective consciousness. So animals have that as well, and they are linked into the larger force that we call God or Great Spirit. And so that animal's coming to you for a purpose, which is to help guide you. And my job has been, um, I feel like I, I keep thinking I'm self-employed, but I think I'm working for the animals, to tell you the truth. And, and I don't mind. You know, it's fun. Anyway, that's, that's kind of a, that's a summary of what spirit animals are about. Okay, great, great, yeah. Um, and I want to talk about that in a minute, but I have someone in the queue. Um, you're talking about, you know, something that's jumping out at you and, and, you know, being inspired. And, and when I had mentioned that you were going to be the guest for today's show, um, this particular friend um, had, a, had a story. So, anyway, uh, this, hello, Bear, is this you? Yeah, it's me. How are you? Hey, Bear, good. Thanks, Bear. This is Dr. Farber. And Bear is from Hi, Michigan. And... Hi, Bear. I, I, so I got to tell you, let me look, I tell you, and I told a little bit about this to Robert a little while ago. Um, you came out, I'm, I'm 61 now, but when you came out with your cards, I was so pulled to get your cards, right? And it was in a right. time when kind of things were starting, people were starting to more awaken, I guess, to yeah. abilities and what have you. So I was in I was in the stores and I was walking down at Barnes and Nobles and I was like walking down looking for books or whatever, and your deck was in a box with the book that came along the hardcover book that'll tell you how long ago that was, and I didn't see it but I was just about ready to pass it it literally flew off the top shelf. And their shelves are pretty high. And it did uh-huh. a double slip and landed right up at my seat. Wow. And I looked out, the person that was walking with me said, well, if that isn't a sign, I don't know what it is. So you better pick yeah. up those cards. So I am so ever grateful for your wisdoms and stuff that you shared with the world because you were actually I have seen and talked to animals since I was a small child. I literally did not know that people couldn't hear them the way I hear them or the way you interpret them. I didn't know that. So by the time I got it, I was like, wow, this is even more possible than I thought. And that has kind of helped me. I actually still have the deck and I still have the book. And they're wrapped in a special piece of leather. And I just, this deck was like, kind of like my coming out party. If I was a 16-year-old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so cool. It was, yeah, it was just, I can't even express to you. And then, of course, you know, I mean, that's been years, because I'm probably closer to your age now than I was, you know, thinking back when I started all this. And I actually had created my deck for me to use to read but you were the inspiration for all of that and your soul energy just it so resonated with me back then and even today so thank you for doing what you guys did oh but it makes me makes my heart sore thank you so much i'm so glad that you're inspired to you know continue on your path and allow it to develop even further there that's great i'm, I'm very very grateful thank you yeah, it's, you know, people, you have, like you said, with the animals, and, and, you know, they don't just show up, you know, like, and you don't pay attention to them. There's usually, a, if it's an odd thing to see at that time, it's obviously a message. You know, um, I obviously yeah. I've worked with animals all my life, and it is. They tell you, and they teach us so much. If humans would only yep. listen to what they can <laughs> teach us and show us, and that's what's yep. so important. Again, thank you. I, you know, kudos to you. <laughs> Raise my hand to you. I just really appreciated you. <laughs> well, God bless you. You know, and thank you for your uh, your story too. You know about well, doesn't everybody able to talk to animals this way? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times we grow up thinking with those kind of gifts, we think, well, of course everybody. And then we find out, oh wait a minute, 
You know, they're looking at me kind of weird, you know. <laughs> you talk to animals and you hear what they have to say. You're going to love uh-huh. it. If you, get this, if you get this book there, you're going to love it. There's some great stories in there, and I'm sure you can relate to many of them. Oh, great. I will. I'll look at, I'll look at getting it soon. Thank you so much, Thanks Robert, for letting me, let me come sure. on. You have a great day, guys. Thank you. Thank you, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are a lot. She has a lot of stories, a lot of animal stories. So, you know, on Facebook, whenever I happen to come across one, you know, our experience, one experience, I'll always share, share with their group. Uh, because they have that particular interest. Yeah, you know, she mentioned, uh, Robert, she mentioned something I think that uh, I often don't think to bring up, which is uh, oracle cards. And there's uh, lots of oracle cards out there, believe me. And I've got a few handful myself. But the ones that relate to spirit animals, I think that's a – those are interesting to work with if you've never – Work with oracle cards. Uh, it's a good way to start. I'd suggest, you know, power animal oracle cards or messages from your spirit animals oracle cards. You know, there's others too, believe me. You just have to kind of, uh, vibe, you know, which ones you most readily relate to. But that's a, a simple and easy to understand, easy to use, and, uh, just very simple to use ways of getting messages from spirit animals. At, they're like a vehicle. You know, they they represent a certain spirit animal, and that spirit animal on the cards often, well, often, always has a message of some sort that may resonate with you by, once you when you pull the cards. So that's another avenue. Uh, the one that we've been discussing has mainly been, again, when the animal is shows up to you, the physical animal, or, and or a, um, a, repetit, a repetition of that same animal again and again. And it could be the physical or the symbolic. I want to stress that, too. Again, symbolic would be maybe a, oh, a big dream of a lion, for instance. Or you, you uh, walk into the supermarket and you overhear somebody talking just offhandedly about a lion or lions. You go, huh, that's two. Okay. Maybe, maybe there's a real message here, <laughs> you know. And then uh, the third time you go home to evening, flip on the channel, and guess what? There's a show about lions. There's repetition. There's symbology. You don't see the lion. It's pretty rare in Southern California. I don't think they are around here. But the one way they get to us is through images, symbols, etc., and also through repetition. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was, um, and I, you know, pay attention whenever there's, um, an unusual occurrence. Like the, the other, well, the other day, or probably about six months ago, I was walking on this nature trail that I usually walk, um, and just, you know, take pictures and that kind of thing. But all of a sudden, out in front of me, uh, uh, a possum just came out, just came straddling out of the bush, and turned Way and 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 didn't I mean it didn't you know it <laughs> didn't play battle but and it didn't but it just you know started away I mean and I was just so taken back that you know having and this was like you know afternoon late afternoon so I mean it wasn't like an, an evening you know when they're out there doing a normal thing so but anyway and you know so right afterwards I mean now I tried to. Whenever I, that happens to me, I try, I try to, I mean, I recognize it as being unique, kind of special, kind of trying to tell me something. Yeah, so, unusual. So now, here's the question. Now, for me, I, I try to, you know, think of, you know, I do a generic, you know, what's the message, you know, throw it out there. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, and, and sometimes it uh, it seems to be um, like uh, I don't say closer to the animal, but I mean the, the the message after I kind of figure it out or you know hear it'll be closer to kind of what the animal represents. But sometimes it's a, kind of like yeah. a higher level you know, uh, message for me to just take notice of. So when you encounter um, an animal, uh, uniquely, either 
physically or other. Um, what? How do you um, go about um, receiving or soliciting a message? How, how, what's your process, or is there one? <laughs> oh, yeah, a great question, because uh, I've got the answer. <laughs> Uh, the first thing that uh, a lot of people, I think, resort to, which is fine, you know, especially if it's new to you, this is one way you could do it. I've got three different ways I want to teach you about how you could de discern what the message is, determine what it is. The first one is, of course, you know, uh, I just mentioned uh, uh, books. Uh, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, an, a book that uh, came out a few years ago is called Animal Spirit Guides. And... In it, there's 200-plus animals, you know, fairly common animals. Well, actually, very common animals that you think of, you know, when you think of, okay, what are the most common animals on the planet? And in it, it's, uh -huh. it's written in such a way that there's some suggested messages. What that means is there might be five, six or so possible messages from this spirit animal. So you see possum and you go, okay, I'm going to do what Dr. Parm said. You know, I'm going to go look in that book. Oh, okay. Number three seems to fit really well. I call it resonates. You know, it kind of clicks or resonates or you go, oh, you just have a knowing that that's the accurate message that was being conveyed, to use your example, of possum. So that's one way that related to that, of course, is the Internet. Uh, you know, jump on the Internet. Say possum, spirit animal, or animal spirit guy, possum, or some combination like that. And then you'll get, uh, you know, a few websites that give you suggestions, again, as to what it might mean. I use that term, suggestions, intentionally because it's not saying, oh, this is exactly what it means. No, not necessarily. You know, it might be something different, or you might be surprised at what the message uh, actually is. But... When you hit the right one, whether you go through the Internet or uh, books or Oracle cards or something like that, when you hit the right one, you get just like an aha moment, you know, very much, oh, okay, aha. That's what it means. So that's the first way. Look it up. You know, and again, if this is new to you, if you're listening and this is like, you know, what's all this stuff about? I suggest try that for, you know, try that for the next few weeks and see what you get because that could then convince you. You know, oh, maybe there is something to this. The second way, and this is really good if you tend to be more analytic or logical, this is a great one, is consider the characteristics of the animal. And again, Robert, if it's okay, we can use your example, the possum. Um, characteristics, what do you, you know, uh, help me out here. You know, when you think of possum, you know, what, what's notable about possums? You know, uh, the, the first thing, and I'll tell you what first popped into my head when I think when I thought about them, I was like, "Huh, you know, what does that mean?" And then, you know, the the idea was appearing to be dead but not. You Good. Know, that, that, yeah, that idea comes to my mind too. Yeah. Yeah, they, they. You know, we we say they're playing dead, you know, because that's what it looks like. But apparently, what mm -hmm. actually happens is. They get so uh, stressed by being sighted and potential, you know, potential uh, food that they just collapse. You know, their system gets overloaded. But what a great adaptation because a lot of animals will come up and they actually emit an odor that to uh, any mm -hmm. predator smells like long dead meat. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know that. I looked that up and I went, wow, that's interesting. But let's call it plain dead. Or you could say um, uh, a metaphor would be quiet time. You need more rest. That might be the message. You see how that builds on that? You know, you, you need to uh, shut down for a while. So any of those are related to that characteristic of the possum of what we call playing dead. The other is protection. You know, the spiny needles, you know, that they carry around them are wonderful. How can you... You know, how can a predator even get to them with these spiny needles? So that you might be in need of a little extra protection. That could be spiritual prote protection or even physical protection. Depends on what, again, resonates with you. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> the, I'm sorry about that. Um, I need to do attention to the mic. 
Um, the other is, if you watch a possum walking, and if you've never seen one, you can get, you know, images and films on YouTube. They sort of amble along like they feel safe <laughs> almost all the uh -huh. time. You know, they have a certain air about them, so to speak, and confidence. So the way that you might interpret that as a physical, from the physical characteristics is, you know, if you don't feel confident, act confident. You know, like people, most people are really nervous getting talks in front of a group. So part of what they may be saying to you, because you got a talk coming up, you know, in a day or two is, oh, okay, I have to act confident, you know, lift myself up, stand tall, etc. all the things that go with confidence. So that's an example. Let's take another example. I'll just, uh, let me think of an animal. Hawk, okay, a hawk. Again, I used that example earlier. I'm walking along, and I look up, and I get something attracts my attention to this bird that's up there, and then look a little bit closer, and it's a hawk. So then, using what I just said, which is number two, the characteristics of the animal. One, they they fly high. <clears throat> they don't fly. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, and I apologize for that interruption, um, but uh, we will clear that up in post-production. So let's go ahead and get back to my today's guest is uh, Dr. Stephen Farmer. Um, we're talking about animals, and when we were disconnected, we were talking about different ways of, you know, identifying messages, and uh, we talked about uh, folks on the Internet being one and characteristics of the animal being number two, and Dr. Farmer, you were talking about the hawk. You know, we had gone through the, the possum, and, and, you know, it, it was, you know, when you were talking about the, I guess, the gait of the possum, you know, to me, that was the one thing that struck me, too. I didn't yeah. um, interpret it as confidence, which you, you know, point out was a really good thing, um, but, but it was, it was um, recognizable to me. I mean, it was distinct to me. Well, good. I'm glad, Robert. Uh, I think that's where we uh, left off was uh, an example of number three. I said there were three ways, and uh, using the example with um, with the hawk, you could use it with the possum too. But what you're, what I want everybody to eventually do is practice this: is to ask the spirit animal. That hawk that I mentioned that's appeared to me an unusual way, and that's happened about three times driving down one of the highways here in Southern California, and there's a hawk. Oh, sitting up on the lamp pole, okay. And then uh, I go back the other way to return home, and whoops, there's the hawk again. Okay, that's two, etc. So here's number three, what I'd like you to try and experiment with is ask the spirit animal. What I mean by that is you close your eyes, unless you're driving like I was, but you close your eyes, mm -hmm. ideally take a couple of breaths so you can kind of settle into your body, and then send the question, hawk or hawk spirit. 
what's the message? And as soon as you send that telepathically, you pay attention to what you see, what you hear, and sensations that you feel. What you see could be inside or outside. In other words, it could be on in your mind's eye or it could be something that your attention is drawn to externally. What you hear, same thing. What you hear in your inner voice or what you hear outside you. Sounds or conversation or anything like that. Third way is sensations. And, of course, you can feel something sort of outside. You can feel the wind, for instance. But what, and maybe that's the way you perceive it is suddenly a wind comes up. Uh, what may happen though is you may get prickles on the back of your neck. You might notice that your stomach is tight and suddenly you relax it, etc. So you get, then what happens is when you ask and you pay attention to, to those different ways of perceiving the message, then you put it into words in a way that you can understand it. For instance, often what happens, um, when I uh, see Hawk in an unusual way or repeatedly, there's a highway here. I've had this experience about three times where I'm driving along. I look up and there's a Hawk on the lamppost and then another one that weighs down. On my return trip, <laughs> there's, there's, there's that Hawk again. So I would do that. That's, these days that's mainly what I do is I'll, I'll ask the spirit animal. And so I close my eyes, or if I'm driving, I just pay attention and breathe, relax, and then I say, Hawk Brother, or Hawk Spirit, what's your message? And then, boom. And i got to tell you, Robert, this is a funny thing. I think it's so odd, but it makes so much sense, because it is related also to the characteristics of Hawk. I hear Hawk telling me, in my mind, by, by uh, the, vo- the inner voice, focus. <laughs> And um, <clears throat> what that means to me, number one, if I'm driving, it means, yeah, pay attention. You know, pay extra attention. Who knows? You know, something hap- weird might happen on the road, whatever, but pay attention. So I thank Hawk for that. So uh, that's an example. Uh, it might be also, you know, uh, pay attention to that peripheral vision. Oh, pay attention not only what's straight ahead, but also... What's going on just, you know, 160 degrees left and right, 160 degrees altogether, left, right, and center. So that's, that's a, I think, one of the, um, I don't want to say the best way, but I think it's one way that I think touches into uh, a deep, deep ancestral memory when, as a species, our long-ago ancestors and indigenous people today that's how they would do it. They wouldn't necessarily look up, look it up in a book, although we, that's a great advantage to have that these days. No Internet. So what do they do? They ask the spirit animal to and pay attention and perceive what's the message that's coming through. And it's a great, you know, as you work with spirit animals, it's great. Just like the caller bear had mentioned. You know, it's just, it, it really gives you guidance in your life and protection and inspiration. So have at it, gang. You know, give it a try. Just be a good scientist about it. Don't believe or disbelieve. Just try it out. Try it out several times. Watch over the next few weeks what animals show up, symbolically or physically. And follow through with uh, these suggestions to be able to ascertain what the message is. Yeah. Now, I, I would guess that this... Um skill is like any other. The more you practice this, the more opportunities you may encounter to even yeah. on it. Wouldn't is that true? Yeah, no, that's very astute comment, Robert. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's like anything. It's like a muscle. You know, you develop it. And then you get um a certain amount of proficiency with it being able to do that and pay attention. It doesn't mean don't use these other methods too, you know, metaphor What's the metaphor of the animal's characteristics or look it up? Sometimes it's easier. You know, it's just easier. You go, well, let me look up in this book, you know, and see what, see what's said. And I, I'm not saying don't do that, but I, I want you to work towards just requesting of the spirit animal what the message is. And like you said, uh, thank you for pointing that out. It is, it's a practice, like anything. 
and you get better at it as it goes along. And it also connects you to the natural world, you know, and that's a connection that we, um, unfortunately, in Western Western civilization have, have uh, it's been compromised, let's say. We've actually lost it, and the good news is we're regaining it as we learn these ways of not only indigenous people, but of our long-ago ancestors. Yeah, well, you know, I have, um, I would I would say, two animal kinds of um, connection experiences that, that I kind of uh, go back to. One, one of them was during a, a, a real time and uh, I need that guy happening but um there was a, I, I on my typical walk all of a sudden I just stopped dead in my tracks and there was this tiny caterpillar walking across a an asphalt road um come a very long distance from its perspective and is nearing the green you know, on, in, the, in the middle section. And I, I just stared at it, and then, and then it just, you know, the thought came in, it was like, just imagine that caterpillar, you know, from that perspective, walking, making it across uh, a road, you know, like, yeah. we're yeah. you know, to get to the other side, um, you know, and then there's this green, you know. And then, and for me, it, it, it just, I, I just took a deep breath and thought, well, you know, I'm on that, I'm on that asphalt right now. <laughs> you know, and I'm, you know, I'm going to take it that I am near yeah. the end of that cool. heading towards the green. Yeah. And, um, then that was one, you know, and, and then, um, then the other one was, you know, I, I'm a nature photographer. So a lot of times, uh, you know, be out there and, you know, want that butterfly to land <laughs> so that I could finally take a picture, you know, and, yeah. uh, yeah. A couple of times I just, um, you know, just sit there and watch it, and, and then, and then there was one time it was like, you know, you are so pretty. I wanted to put your picture on Facebook, you know, and uh, and, it, and you know, I mean, it was within a minute, it, it, you know, kind of landed on some clover, and it was a perfect picture. So I mean, and I just kind of laughed at that, something like that, because I thought, you know, that that um, you know, and this was one of those times where I like, talk to the animal or communicate with the animal kind of thing. So. Um, so I, 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 I too that, but that's, you know, that was why I asked you what your process was because, you know, each of those were, were like, for me, two very different, uh, the purpose of, of the interaction was very different in both cases, in, in each case. I understand, yeah. No, I, well, there's are, those are the kind of exercises I think that are really good to do. That I think um, I don't consider myself an animal communicator, you know, technically. I do. You know, mm-hmm. I do have communications with animals, but I, I don't. That's not my main gig. <laughs> but there well, are some excellent, well, I, you know, some people out there are just excellent that sort of thing. And what you did was uh, along those lines of communication. Oh, I hope you know butterfly. How about landing on that, you know, on that branch? Uh, the caterpillar intrigues me. The caterpillar crossing the road. Immediately, I go to my, you know, my poor sense of humor and say, why did the caterpillar cross the road? Well, you know, because <laughs> it wanted to turn into a butterfly. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a stupid joke, you know. I'm not even sure I qualify that as a joke. But one thing that's interesting about that is seeing a caterpillar moving like that may suggest a message that says, hey, get ready. Get ready for big changes. It's already in motion. You see that from the oh. metaphor? The big changes, transformation, butterfly. But they're not, he's not wow. there yet. He's crossing the road. He's on the move. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. It does. And, and I hadn't gone to that transformation conference. I was, I was just so happy that, you know, from my perspective, that the best of yeah. Is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. coming to so, that. But. And then the butterfly landing, I, yeah, the butterfly, I think, was more of a, a communication with the animal which is uh, something that's possible for people to do. You know, we, we say our pets, you know, they tell us, you know, and we get to know what their uh, nonverbal behavior is, or even in the case of my barky dog, what his verbal behavior is. Um, but um, it might get a little trickier with some a being like a caterpillar or a butterfly. But you did it naturally. You just did a good job, you know, with it naturally. 
you know, you wanted the caterpillar to get across the road. Of course you did. And you could see, yeah. you could actually sort of uh, shapeshift in a way, at least in your consciousness, to what it must be like for that caterpillar to be on the pavement like that. That's a pretty cool thing right yeah. there. Those are other practices yeah. that we can certainly do with animals. No, absolutely. And, and speaking of hawks, I did get one in our neighborhood. It was on an exceptionally cold morning in South Carolina. Um, and um, I usually don't I have a yeah. threshold walking, but I just said I'm going. And there was this beautiful Cooper's hawk just in this tree that just like, caught my attention. Yeah. This big black blob of a tree, and I know that that's unusual. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, um, yep. yeah and then going back to, you know, the hawk, you know, the characteristics of the hawk and, and seeing what was going on. But anyway, um, well, this has you know, really been great, uh, Dr. Farmer. Now, what what is it that you hope that the animals? Say that again. You broke off. Let's say. What is it well, I hope? I was just wondering what. I was just wondering what you hope that people, will, the readers, will take away from reading animals. Uh, I think they'll be inspired. You know, uh, is my first response. Um, when you find, yeah, here's this expert, you know, myself, describing some of the particulars about spirit animals, but here's like real life experiences. You know, there's a saying where the rubber meets the road. You know, I can teach this again and again, but it's the experience itself that I think really moves us. You know, and then we can connect it back to, you know, maybe a teaching or something like that. So when you read about real, you know, uh, real people's experiences with this, it's very inspiring, and I think it encourages people to go out, give it a try. You know, check it out. See what happens. You know, just be open to it. Don't put your, don't like I said earlier, don't, don't believe it or disbelieve it. Try it out. You know, good science is when you experiment. So look at it as an experiment. Experiment over the next several weeks and see what you find. It's going to yeah. help you. Uh, the messages that come through, if you pay attention, and receive the message and take it in and contemplate it, um, it really will help you, as you can see from these stories in the book, um, the book Animals, you know, Personal Tales. Uh, and I, I'm just so uh, grateful and very, very pleased that um, Ariel and Sacred Stories, her company, has put this together. It's, it's an amazing and an ingenious um, idea to have have real people, excuse me, real people um, talk about their experiences. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what, one of the, the nice things, too, is the, the variety of tales that you have. I mean, from your grasshopper spirit, you know, to uh, coyotes, frogs, yeah. owls. I mean, you know, some very yeah. common animals. But, but I think that's great because then, you know, those are things that people will encounter assuredly, you know, throughout the year. So, if anything, once they do, consciousness will be raised, or the awareness will will come to that particular animal. Yeah, and, uh, before we close, I want to make one other pitch. <clears throat> and that's the idea of giving back or reciprocity. You know, as you work with the animals, especially in this way, but other ways as well, but, you know, in some way, give something back to the animal kingdom. You know, and that could be time, energy, money, prayers, etc. But uh, there's always an exchange. And what I'd like to introduce here is the idea of a conscious exchange. So, example would be um, for two of my books, I give a certain amount of the royalties. Uh, my commitment is to give a certain amount of the royalties to uh, animal rights organizations, you know, Humane Society of the U.S., uh, Defenders of Wildlife, Oceana. Those are my three that I researched, and I really like what they're doing. So the reciprocity, being kind to an animal, just being kind. Uh, just uh, remember the exchange. You know, there's always an exchange. I just want people to be conscious of it as you work with uh, this whole notion of spirit animals. Anyway, Robert, you've been a great host and very gracious. I thank you for that. Um, I've got an appointment coming up, so I'm going to have to scoot here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, again, I want to thank you for the opportunity to present this.
And you've had some great experiences yourself that you shared. Thank you for that. Thanks. Thank you for your time, uh, Dr. Palmer. I really appreciate it. Um, again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Stephen Farmer. We've been talking about his newest book, Animals, Personal Tales of Encounters with Spirit Animals. And again, you can find out more that Dr. Stephen Farmer has to offer by visiting his website, drstephenfarmer.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.